Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Snuffleupagus in my my punch out game is elite shirt. Here I am. There he is. Look at old newsboy Joshua. Yeah, tongue ring Margot, hat backward Oliver. That's what. I said, I was like, extra, extra. And Josh is like, Am, I think you already used that joke. I'm like, oh. You, you did. Sorry, you you already used that joke before. It's been used. That's a well, pretty good sorry, I, that, That's a pretty good Josh Windish. Did you I'm do sorry, that at Josh. the uh, Fox up front? I did. I did. Hey, I did everybody. Uh, season two of the uh, Cleaning Ladies coming back. And, well, just to show you some of my talents as an actor, here's my Josh Windish for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't on the prompter, but I just I, I went off script and did a Josh Windish impression, and everyone had no <laughs> idea who the hell I was talking about. But right. It made me happy, but I did have to get up there. So the upfronts, Joe was there as well for a different network. Let's explain what didn't the make, upfronts are. Well, if you didn't make this deal with ESPN, we'd be together because I had to do a whole Fox Sports situation. By the right, way, right? But the this is for one for one day a year. That's not right really for one day a year. The upfronts. Or where they bring all the talent sort of to New York City and then all the advertisers who are going to be purchasing ads on these shows on the various networks. And they're promoting their fall lineups. We're promoting our sports shows. We're promoting reality shows. And then you schmooze with all the advertisers and uh, you drink and you have some fun and then you get out of there. I have one thought. I have one thought, Oliver. Dog and pony. One thing you could do that would be really great at the upfronts would be it's not my it's not an impersonation of me. It's an impersonation of Cookie Monster that you did on the cleaning lady. That was my favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite. I know. Moment. I'm I'm surprised they used that because it was such a break of character. You know <laughs> what it was did you so do? Odd. I, I mean, I I watched every minute of your show, but let's just say that <laughs> that I don't remember <laughs> what you did. What did you do? Well, it's with it was a scene with Aaron, and the setup is is that she were divorced or were separated, and I want to go to my kid's birthday party, and she doesn't want me there, but I show up anyway, and I'm sort of pleading my case, just saying, hey, look, this isn't about you or this isn't about me. This is about our son and, and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and I, say, I say something like, and you don't want to deprive him of his favorite thing or whatever. I'm like, 
the cookie monster? And I was like, you have a cookie? One, two, three. I was doing the cookie one and crossing one eye. And just it looked crazy from sort of an FBI agent guy who's seemingly cool and he's got his shit together. All of a sudden, he's a total weirdo crossing one eye and doing the cookie monster. Right, yeah. I, I don't know much, but I do know that that doesn't seem like... You know, I, I don't think Tommy Lee Jones was doing that in The Fugitive. You know? Well, yeah. Check every no, hen house, every outhouse, every whorehouse. Every cookie jar? <laughs> what about every cookie jar? Hello, cookie monster. Well, we don't know what made it in the movie and what was left on the cutting room floor. Maybe Tommy Lee Jones did do maybe like an Elmo impression or something like that. And, you know, it just didn't make the cut. Right. Because every we did, we did takes without the house, every <laughs> hen house. <laughs> like that's great, Tommy. That's great. Um, let's cut and do that again. Um, so I I did my upfronts, which were the day after yours in New York, and now being at Disney, ESPN, um, under the heading of Disney, and I mean it was everybody. I. Because they have Hulu, they have FX. I went to the bathroom and stood next to Danny DeVito at the mm. urinal. You haven't lived cool. until you've stood next to Danny DeVito at a urinal uh, in a, <laughs> some random location in New York. Did you say hello while you were peeing? No, he didn't look like he was uh, receiving visitors at that time. Okay. He yeah, was, you, you had a very star-studded up front. There were two Kardashians there, or Chris, the mom, and uh, and Chloe Kardashian, mm-hmm. and then Amy Schumer, your good friend. Uh, mm-hmm. Her bit was doing, uh, saying that she was the long lost Kardashian sister. Her name was uh, uh, Kami. God. Huh? Kami. Kami. Yes. Yeah. Kami. The only problem with the bit. So she walks out there with. Uh, Chris and Chloe, is she was wearing gigantic sunglasses, jean, big jeans, a long ponytail that was fake, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure 50% of the audience knew, knew that was, was Amy Schumer. Right. You know, and so she's right. going, oh my God, it feels so good to finally be out, you know, as, as you know, being the long lost Kardashian sister, Chris, our mom has kept me, you know, tucked away for so long. And finally I get to cash in on all this fame and, and then had a line that was so ad libbed and so off the board that I think all these advertisers (laughs) were like, Oh, it was, Uh. it was, it was jaw dropping. Oh, uh, good. Well, that's Schumer. I mean, she doesn't really hold back. No, no. <laughs> and this, I'm sure, was televised. I think it was televised throughout the uh, throughout the Disney Empire, not not like a Disney World, because that would have oh my god, that would have gotten her canceled for what she said. But I think through the Empire, so it it was out there. And then I ad libbed. So you do a rehearsal, and I was out there with Troy Aikman, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. And Troy comes out, and it's so it's Peyton, then Eli, then me, then Troy. And I'm like, hey, here's Hall of Famer and my broadcast partner for 20 years, Troy Aikman. He's like, hey, it's good to see everybody. He goes, hey, if you guys think about it, we've got uh, seven Super Bowl titles out here. We've got three number one overall picks out on this stage and Joe Buck. 
<laughs> and you know that got a smattering of of laughter. Yeah. And then I was thinking after I did the audition, I'm like, no, I'm not going to be the butt of this joke. Right. So when we did it for real, when everybody was out there, and I was like, ha, yeah, we do. And and I was thinking backstage, we have eight Emmys out here, and I have all eight. So ESPN is and just rolled right into the joke or right. the thing that they had written for me, and yeah. uh, it went over well. So oh, you good. don't know. A lot of times I've done these up front, and the audience is not really in a mood to laugh. No. They're not there to laugh. No. So no. I mean, I walked up, and it was daring. it was like a theater in the round. Like, every, it was a st- round stage, and they're all sitting in their seats, you know, and Susan Sarandon went up, and then you had uh, someone perform or something, and then it's like Oliver Hudson, and I walk up there, and I'm just like, Jesus. It's like, you guys, like, let's... What, are you dead? I'm like, let's go. What, what, what's going on here? I, you know, <laughs> so tr- trying to loosen things up because it was so just dead, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. I've got my teleprompter of what I'm supposed to say and do, and of course I don't, I don't use it until I have to because I have to get to a certain point to introduce Nick Cannon as the DJ. But I just started talking about drinking and how I've been drinking since 10 in the morning. and You know, oh, I need good. help. And I was like, and I need food. If anyone has food, please throw it up here. And, uh, you know, and I was just sort of doing that. And, and, it, and it, it seemed to work, you know. Good. Well, but the, it the was, hard uh, thing is when you go off script and the teleprompter operator yeah. isn't really listening. So yeah. <laughs> if they're not in lockstep with you, it's like, okay, I just skipped this whole first chunk. Mm-hmm. And, and you need to know that I need you to get down to the part where I need to pick it up. Like mm-hmm. we're not going back, and and so when right. I did that joke about yeah, and eight Emmys, and I have all eight, and then there was a little chunk that I I bypassed, and I wanted to mm-hmm. go straight to what they wanted me to talk about, and I look up, and it's not it's not on the right spot, right? So then I tried to remember <laughs> what the hell the line was, and I screwed up ESPN. I'm like, and it's going to be on ESP plus, uh, sorry, ESPN plus. Uh, that really rolls right <laughs> off the tongue, and uh, yeah, so that was my. I day. know, I know. Well, I got a call from you and Troy, and I was yeah. literally in the middle of talking to Aaron Andrews and your replacement, um, Bob Kevin. Gutford. Or what's his name? Kevin Burkhart. Kevin Burkhart. Right. What did you just say, Bob Gutford? Yeah, I don't know. I, it was something. Yeah. And um, really nice guy. But it was so funny because we, we were all chatting right there, and boom, my phone rings, and it's you and well, we, Troy. <laughs> we were in Bristol, Connecticut, and we were supposed to fly from Bristol, Connecticut our day at the ESPN quote-unquote campus where they have ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN The Ocho, ESPN blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I mean, it's massive. And so then we did a Q&A session there. We did a media call there. We met everybody, people that all are come from different departments that are going to touch Monday Night Football, and they were all – it's kind of emotional. I almost started crying when I thanked them for everybody showing up, which I was like, what's wrong with me? I Wow. It's like, you know, I've been somewhere for 27 years, and yeah. now for you guys to all show up to be here to welcome us and tell us what you do with Monday Night Football, I like – I had a – like a crack in my voice i I was emotional which i i don't know where that comes from but that's really interesting it's it is interesting and then uh 
Then we're going to fly on Troy's plane over to Teterboro and then go in for dinner. Mm-hmm. And the weather was so bad, they said you can't fly from Bristol, Connecticut to Teterboro. The airport's closed. So we drove. Mm-hmm. And as we were getting to the end of our drive, I knew you were there. So I tried you, and you happened to be with my replacement and Aaron Andrews, who I've worked right. with for 10 years. Right. It was amazing timing. And yeah. then I was like, we were trying to talk, and Troy's talking, and I'm, you know, I want to like engage, but I'm getting pulled in a thousand directions because that's what happens. You go there to schmooze, and then they're like, all right, you need to, we need to go because I had to go to this party, this other party, and I'm getting pulled. I'm like, oh, geez, okay, I got to go. Yeah. Then and you of did course the, I did. I'll call you back, and then you don't call back. It's very Kate of you. Dude, yeah, but there's no world where I'm calling you back. I'm it, it's it's hell. Then don't I mean, say I'll call hell. you back. Well, what I, I I I will call you back at some point in my life. Oh, so I'm not. Oh, you know what I mean. It doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be in five minutes. I didn't say I'll call you back in five minutes. I'll call you back. It could be three weeks from then. Well, that 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 doesn't make sense for two people to have a podcast together. We're going to talk now. So that was like, hey, Troy and I are going to go to dinner. Would you want to come have dinner with us? And then it's uh, like I'll call you back, and then you know, I didn't, but you didn't say that to me. And by the way, I didn't even know you were in New York. I had no idea. I didn't even know you were doing your upfront then. I, oh, we didn't even talk. Okay, all right. Well, you You're didn't tell front. me. By the way, you should have told me to be honest. But you were going to be in New York City doing an upfront when you well knew that I was going to be in New York City doing your Fox upfront. Your old fox up front, you know. Yeah, no, I, I should have. It's on me. That you a little bit, me back. a little bit, a yeah, little bit. Fault. I couldn't have gone to dinner anyway. I had to go to an after party with all the head honchos and do all the stuff. Look you at know? you, Mister Fox, Mister. But it was fox. fun. That's because yeah. most of Fox's primetime programming is animated. So you're you're one of the few living, breathing humans that is mm-hmm. on. It's you, Ken Jung. Hmm. Uh, Jenny McCarthy, Robin Thicke, uh, mm-hmm. Nicole Scherzinger, <laughs> just and all the, the rest of your cast. Singer people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm trying to just name all the people that are Susan well, Sarandon. Yeah, you got Rob Lowe, Trace Adkins, Rob Lowe, Trace Adkins. Trace was singing. He did a song. He's got it a really voice. Well, what a perfect yeah. name to bring up because we're going to talk to my friend. Uh, Dr. Kenny Chesney in this in this episode. I know he is a he is a doctor, isn't he? Uh, he is. He just got what his is, doctorate. He did. He's going to be what? on in three minutes. I think what he's a little he nervous, huh? What did he study? Uh, what is he a doctor? Uh, he's a doctor of musicology. Yeah. Yeah. Is he nervous? I don't know. I don't think he does a lot of podcasts. So no. he's like, "What are we going to talk about?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't. Like, I don't know cares? what I'm going to talk about with Oliver." And we just start talking. <laughs> We've never planned out an episode, and that should be just painfully <laughs> obvious to anybody who listens, especially our friends in Iran. No, we're growing in we Iran. We are. We had the last time Margot sent us the thing it was like 2,417 downloads in Iran. Yeah, and I think it's Iran. Iran. Right. Let's get it right. Is there anything you want to say to our fans in Iran or? Yeah, like I can't wait to see you. Um, you know, we're going to do a tour over there. We're going to yes. we're going to be in Tehran. Um, and, uh, you know, if there's a good nightclub, let us know. 
Okay. Good. <laughs> say hi to the Shaw. Uh, say hi to everybody, and uh, we'll be there soon. We're going to do our live show from Tehran. <laughs> kind of amazing it would be a great Um, script don't go anywhere we'll be back after this short break with more daddy issues well i'm a i'm i wish i would have seen you uh it was a whirlwind and and uh I drank That's too okay. much. That's okay. I was I'm coming off of uh, Trudy's graduation from USC. Oh, how was that, by the way? It was great. It was such a good weekend. It happened on Friday. You know, I, I went to Indiana. I never graduated. My daughter went to Indiana, did, my oldest daughter, and their their graduation was in the football stadium, and then mm-hmm. it's pretty much it. And at did USC, they have... Huh? Did you cry at, at Trude's? No, but it it was emotional to to think that both girls are out of college and um sounded like I said both girls are out of college and uh both <laughs> girls are out of college and there's a remedy uh, that, for that. That chapter is is closed. But then they had a thing at the Shrine Auditorium and they had great speakers. The guy who just directed the Batman was there and he had gone cool. to USC and uh it it was it was Good. It was great. She, yeah. And she graduated from the film school at USC. That's cool. And off into Pretty the amazing, world she dude. Goes. And what's she doing? What's her job now? Does she have an internship yet? She does. She's been working at the Studio A24 and reading oh, that's a lot of right. scripts she's been, and whatever. And, but and so she's still working there now. She's still working there now, but she is going, she's working there till June. And then she is going to join Mr. Ben Stiller on the production crew of Severance 2. Oh, wow. Which you shoots mean, in New York. Is she a PA? I don't know what she's going to do. But when I talked to Ben, I said, hey, uh, I got a really sharp kid for you. She'll keep your coffee warm. She'll go mm-hmm. get bagels or she'll run one of your cameras. So she could do mm-hmm. any of it. And I know she would do it well. And he's like, mm. yeah, great. She's in. That's awesome. So That's her sister's be excited because Natalie, her older sister, lives in New York, and now they're both going to be in New York, which makes me happy, uh, and I can have a more targeted visiting mm-hmm. schedule to see both my girls at the same time, and she's so, going to get you know the, unbelievable experience. Oh yeah. So let me ask you a question as a dad, since this is called Daddy Issues. She obviously doesn't have any money. I mean, she may have saved money, but are you paying for her apartment in New York Absolutely. City? Absolutely. Okay. For how Absolutely. long? Absolutely. Until she needs me to no longer do it. Okay. Can, will you pay for some of my mortgage? Because that's rough. Have you? Maybe now is the time for you to consider a reverse mortgage. I'd like to get you in touch with Tom Selleck. <laughs> uh, and just see if there's anything that could maybe alleviate some of the pressure on you as you try to make payments. Thank you with your sporadic uh, income. I know. Thanks. So does she have a does she have a budget? You know, or how do, how do you work that out as a dad? Meaning, if you're lucky enough, like yourself, to afford to be able to pay for your child's apartment and living after college, how do you do that? I, I'm going to help you, her. I'm going to pay for wherever she needs to stay to be safe in New York. 
Like I'm, I'm not going to eleven thousand dollars a month. It's not going to be eleven thousand dollars a month. But well, I'm saying, do you have a line? Is there? Is there? What if she comes yeah, to? Yeah, but she, goes, she I love is the most cost aware kid I've ever been around. Even more so than I was. Okay. In the what 80s. if she says, uh, "Dad, it's eight grand a month. Where are you at? Where's Joe Buck at with that?" Uh, then I would probably just buy it. And I would, I would, when she's done with it, charge somebody nine grand a month. Okay. To rent it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 I, I, but I I would be a hypocrite if at the beginning of her career, I didn't help her the way my mom and dad helped me. Now, it was a much lower number. I was in Louisville, but I was making $300 a month. You can't live, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a, whatever I was, 19-year-old on $300 a month and pay rent mm-hmm. of an, in an apartment. I mean, that's like mm-hmm. you do that job and you live at home. So Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So I, I will help her just like my parents helped me. And it's a great question, and I've asked a lot of people that. There's Kenny Chesney. Ooh, Casey. What's up? What's up, buddy? How are you? Look at you and your little sports den. Oh, you ought to see my sports den. Check it out. Oh, wow. I'm oh, jealous. that's beautiful. Oh, my okay. God. Okay. So, wait a minute. I got to talk about all the football the helmets. Are these significant? Yeah, or, check it out. I've got. Do you like this I've many got, teams? Um, I know. I've got John Madden. Got it. Helmet. I've got Bobby Bowden. Helmet. Mm. Belichick. Helmet. Cool. Old Patriots home. Joe Namath helmet. Oh, you know, oh, stuff. Wow. So I, you are maybe the most legitimate sports fan in my Rolodex that doesn't do sports for a living. Like, I feel like if somebody <laughs> said you as a multi-platinum billionaire recording artist, if they said, you know what, you have to flush it and you get to go play uh receiver for the new Orleans saints and Sean Payton's your head coach. I think you'd say yes. Oh, I, if I was a little bigger, I would say yes. <laughs> but Taking that See? out of the equation, you, you get to pick. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, Joe, I love sports growing up. You know, my, my father was, was a, a, a coach and, you know, I got my music side from my mother, but I got my love of sports from my father and, my dad and I, you know, we, we, that's, the, that's the one thing we always had in common when we didn't have a, a lot of other stuff in common. Mm. We would always sit and, and go to Tennessee football games as a kid. And, and he was a baseball coach and a basketball coach. And, and that's how we connected, you know, and I think that's what's so powerful about sports and, and what's so powerful about, you know, a, a, a team sport for sure. And that's why I love football so much. Are you a Titans fan? Yeah, well, I, Mike Vrabel was. I, I met Mike Vrabel uh, when he played for the Patriots years ago, mm. and so uh, yes, I mean, I live uh, one of my homes here. I have outside of Nashville, and of course, I, I, I I've got a lot of friends that in that organization, but you know, they weren't always here. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I, I root for them, but um, I, I I feel like you know when I grew up in East Tennessee, to me, Tennessee football was always there. Mm-hmm. You know, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I do root for Mike and I root for the Titans a lot, but I've got a lot of, I've been lucky enough to, to, you know, because sports people love music so much yeah. and I get to, 
we, we always cross paths, you know, so I've got, uh, given my love of sports, I, I just, I, we always, you know, they always come to shows and I go to games. And so I've got a lot of friends that, that play or that coach in the NFL. And, and so I, I, uh, I, I, but yes, I do. But you got to have, you, where's your heart though? As a, you know what I mean? Your heart has to, st- your heart has to be with a, a, well, I, I can tell you that my, my heart is with Tennessee football. Okay. I, I grew up as a college, as a college um, yeah. lover, yeah. you know, w- with SEC football, and and I, I, I still love Tennessee football. But going back to what I was saying before, because when I think of, of Tennessee football, I think of my relationship with my father, mm-hmm. and that's where my heart is. And so, but I've got you know, when Sean Payton got the gig in New Orleans, I bought a suite in the Superdome because. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. We got to go do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody so, incorporates, you know, friends more than Sean Payton in the overall experience of being around a professional team. Like he, you know, you're in, you're on the inside. I mean, you're, you know, he, he's the kind yeah. of guy that's like, hey, Kenny's my guy. He bought a suite here. He's coming down. He's going to come into the locker room. He and so you feel like you're a part of the group, which is great. Man, I I, I can tell you that there have been several games that you, uh, you know, Troy have called at the Superdome where before these were big games, and before the game, Sean's in the tent out by the, you know, he he put up a tent with a bar and and <laughs> for bus. all of us to hang out in it was. Incredible. I've seen you back there a couple yeah. of times after the game, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I think that goes to a, a, a part of why Sean is so good at what he does is that, I mean, he's very, he's a great offensive mind, but he's, he, he's a very much a people person and wants everybody to feel a part. And, um, God, we've had fun down there. My God. I'm so sad he hung it up. I mean, I, I assume, and I haven't talked to him. I did talk to him, but I didn't press him on it. I assume he's not finished. He's just taking a break. I would assume so, mm-hmm. right? I would assume the same thing. He hasn't told me. Um, uh, we, we've we've texted a little bit back and forth, and he goes, "When I see you, you know, I, we'll, we'll talk more about what's going on." But you know, I, I was like you. I didn't press him because, as good of friends as I am with him, I I think that that's some intimate details that he will tell me when he's ready. But we've been doing we've been loving sports long enough to know that sean is as good as he is at what he does i i I think that uh it's it's a i I would say a fairly good assumption for both of us to think that this is a pause even if it's only to let his brain or just go to make some good dough behind the desk you know what i mean like that's what he'll go do there's good dough to be made clearly Let's go make some. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go stuff yeah. the pockets, and then after a few years, all right, good. I'm good. Now let's go back to coaching. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's gonna. I mean, he'll go stuff the pockets, but I, I think he'll miss the camaraderie a lot. Yeah, you That's know what Troy known, misses, you know? and what he's missed to this day. I talked to him about this early. He goes, "You know what? What I don't like about TV. When I played, I had a quarterback coach, I had an offensive coordinator, I had a head coach." They they coached me. I knew if I if I had a good game, and you know what else I had a scoreboard. And at the end of every game, yeah. I knew if I and we were better than they. And that that's mm. what Sean is going to really miss is that competitive, uh, that competitive side of his personality, which he's up at three o'clock in the morning trying to figure out a way 
to get Alvin Kamara the ball and and make you know route right. trees work for Drew Brees against Team X, and that's what makes him great. His mm. players know that he's up at night trying to give them opportunity to succeed, and that that's that's what makes him a great coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so too, and I think when you're that competitive. I mean, that's the one thing I miss about my childhood and, and being younger is being, a, I don't have that, com, I don't have an, a competitive outlet. Yeah. You know, I miss playing baseball. I miss, I mean, I miss wanting to kick somebody's ass as a team. Yeah. I don't have that in my life yeah, anymore, but, you know? But I would say so I this, I, Kenny, sorry, I'm, I'm, go ahead, finish. Finish, please. No, no, no. I, I, w- I would think that, sh- that, you know, whatever Sean does, and God bless him, he's one of my best friends, and we have had a lot of life fun together. Uh, but I, 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 it would be a good assumption that we're going to see him on a sideline one day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we all remember Bill Parcells telling everybody in the press tent that you'll never see him again, and we did. Yeah, of course. I think, I think we up. just start a beef with, with – with, with, I think we start a beef with you and Garth Brooks, like where you're going to go kick his ass. And then we can, <laughs> we can, we can garner up that. I bet on Kenny, of, you know. <laughs> if you're enjoying this episode of Daddy Issues, don't keep it to yourself. Please share the love and tell a friend about Daddy Issues, and go subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We That's beg right. you. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss what's coming up right after the break. But I would say this, and this is what I started to say when I cut you off. You, you, I feel like you approach music. You're considered a solo act, but you approach music like it's a team sport. Like I, I just saw you at Bush Stadium, and I want to brag on you because, first of all, your catalog is you can't miss. You could throw a dart at a wall with all your songs on it, and everybody's going to love the show. But it is a physical uh, event for you to put on a show. And when I texted you after you were on stage and you killed, the, the crowd loved it and people are still talking about it. You're like, yeah, I thought it was a good show, but I'm dealing with a bad ankle or whatever. And I mean, nobody would yeah. know that. It's it's a physical test as much as it's a vocal test for you. It Well, I do train um, because I know what my brain wants to do when I'm on stage, Joe. Uh, I, I, my grandmother, my mother have video footage of me as a child uh, listening to music. And, and, and I'm just running around my grandmother's kitchen, mm-hmm. you know, and I can't help it. It's always been that way. And then you add in the band that I have, and then you add in the, the atmosphere mm-hmm. of Bush Stadium that you were in the other night with all these people that, you know, some we're getting to the point now. Some of them grew up with these songs. Some of them are just now coming. Um, some have been there a while, and it just it just makes me want to give them every cell of my body. And so when I when I start to train to go on the road, it's usually every year. It's it's, it's about the second week of January. Um, I, I I cut out you know all all the stuff that I love to do. I love to drink beer and I love to eat pizza, mm-hmm. but I don't do that when I get ready to go to work because I know that when I get up there, what my brain's going to want to do, and I have to train for that. I really do. It's it's not like vocal vocal training. It's like real like body training. I I've um it, and that's that's kind of the. I wouldn't say hamster wheel, but that's 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 the treadmill I've been on for a, a lot of years. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, wow. just just to keep your breath, you know. I, I you you know <laughs> that that's such a overlooked thing. Like when you're first of all, I nerves are probably gone, but it's still exhilarating. I'm sure to be up there, and then you're moving around, oh, yeah. you're jumping around, you're going down those two prongs of the stage that's built out, and you're singing a song, and you're playing yeah. guitar, <laughs> and so that it is an aerobic workout. That if you're not ready for that you know, you're, you're not going to make it. Yeah. I just can't go up there and assume it's going to be okay. You know, like I'd really have to train for it. And it, over the years I've gotten better at it. I've, I've had, I'll admit I've had to start a little sooner in the last couple, you know, <laughs> to, to get ready for it. But I feel pretty good that we're getting ready to start our sixth weekend. We play tomorrow night in orange beach, Alabama. And then Saturday night, I played the Atlanta Falcons football stadium and I felt last week we played in Milwaukee at the Brewers Stadium, and I felt for the, I felt like for the first time I was back in rhythm. Now I felt pretty good in St. Louis, but there was moments where I I had to I had to just slow down a second. Mm. But I felt pretty good last weekend, and so I think this weekend is going to be a little better. And uh, you know, and it's just going to get better and better because we're out there, Joe. Um, you know, we end our tour um, August 26th and 27th. We do two nights in Foxborough at the Patriots place up there. And so uh, so it, it's it, it, it will be good by then. <laughs> I mean, as far as my cardiovascular, right. but it's getting a little better as, as we go. Well, I, I don't I mean, I could well, dominate this interview, but go. ahead. Oh, hold on. No, no. It was before before we do let you go, because I know we're doing a shorty. I just want to go back to your relationship with your father since it is called Daddy Issues and how sports yeah. was sort of how you guys related. You know, was that something that has, has, has lasted throughout your relationship and sort sure. of when did that start? And was it almost, not detrimental, but was it a crutch in a way to maybe not get at the real shit in the sense that, oh, well, we need to talk about our relationship and what it is, but, oh, well, let, you know, let's just let's just revert back to sports because that's all we know right well it was my father and i had a very have have still have a very unique relationship because my mom and dad divorced before i was one mm. so i was he was in my life and i was in his life some and you know it is it, we never had the relationship where we were in each other's lives all the time mm. and i think once i got older you know, I realized that that's the one thing that we truly had in common and where we found love for one another mm. was through sports. And, and I, I can tell you, you know, sometimes that's enough. Mm -hmm. And it's, I, I have, I have, you know, friends that don't even have that, you know? And so I feel very fortunate, you know, my dad and I have gotten a lot, even a lot closer in the last couple of years. And I'm, I, I feel very, very, I, I'm, I have a lot of gratitude mm. for that. But sports is the one thing like like if we don't talk for a little while or whatever. I mean, my dad will call me. And the first thing out of his mouth, he goes, you know, well, you should hear what they're saying on talk radio in Knoxville about Tennessee football. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's his way of saying hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you written right. songs? So Have you I written songs? Fortunate for that. Have you written songs about your What's dad? That? Have you written music about your father and your relationship with him? Well, in 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 ways, um, there was a song on a couple of records back. I, I did a, I wrote a song called Coach. Mm. Um, 
And in ways that was about my father. It was about my high school football coach. It was in ways of listening to Jason Witten and Sean Payton talk about how much they love Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. It, it was a lot of, there's a lot of those conversations and stories and, uh, and those relationships packed into that one song. Mm-hmm. So in, Coach wasn't, you know, totally about my father, but there was a lot of him in there. Mm, cool. Well, it's wow. a good title. Sometimes, sometimes that's enough. I think is a good title for a song. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, you're right there too. That's a good chorus, <laughs> you know. Sometimes that's enough. enough. Right. Oh, there you go, Joe. <laughs> hey, we'll let you go, man. I know you're winding. You're you've got to be exhausted. And uh, just so you know, Aikman's coming to your show at AT and T in Dallas or Arlington. A couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Yep. That's. I mean, that place. You've been there a bunch, right? So that that place is. Yep. Yeah, I think this is a lot. We've been there. I think this is our eighth time playing that place. Oh, my wow. God. I think. Ish. But Troy's been there a lot. Every, almost every one of yeah. them. Yeah. Well, we were talking about your show and how great it was. And then for the rest of the day, this was two days ago, I had the song, uh, Sit right here and have another beer in Mexico. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't stop. Like eight hours of that. Yeah. So thank you. That's amazing. You're welcome. Brother. You're a good man. Thanks for jumping on. Kenny. Thanks for jumping on, brother. No, man, Appreciate you, man. Us. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me, and see you yeah, out there. Stay right, safe, see you out please. there, brother. All right. All right. All right see you, man. Bye. Love you. Uh, Oliver Hudson. I say we uh, shut her down on that. That's about as that good was as it great. Gets right there. God. Cool. God, I want to hang out with Kenny, you know? Seems like a good man. He is. That was the first time I'd met him, you know? he. You would love him. I mean, he yeah. is, uh, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times that guy, I'm sure, I, my, if we were, I was going to ask one more question, how many times he's broken curfew? You know how all these mm-hmm. venues have a certain curfew yeah. where they got to be yeah. done? The first time I saw him here in St. Louis, he went three hours. And, and it oh, was... Wow. I mean, just he is, it's an aerobic feat. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I, so he, I'm going to Google his performance just because I want to see now what he has to. I mean, he's endure. just drenched. He's yeah. drenched. Um, but his show was great. And, and I, I would not just, I'm not just saying that. He's, he's got a lot of stuff. You would love the song he did, um, with Grace Potter. I'm going to send mm. you that. Okay. Uh, because I know, what you like hearing. Um, uh, yeah, and I also it. just, you know, again, if we were to have a long-form interview, just a- talking about his dad and sports and how that's how they can relate. And it's, it's probably a common theme, you know? That was a great with question. With a lot of children and, their, and their, their dad or their parents, you know, how there's a topic, and specifically sports, where when all else fails, you know, hey, Talk Bob, about you hear the Tennessee team. sports radio and what's going on? It's like, that's his way of saying hello. Exactly. You know, and I like what he said. He goes, sometimes that's enough. And it is a great title for a song. I, I mean, if he goes, it. let's say he writes his most popular song ever, and it's sometimes that's enough. <laughs> we now have yeah. video and audio proof yes. that that is your domain. Yes, I just think it's a great father-son song that he could write. I don't want again if we did long form, 
I'd, I'd get deeper into that and maybe even pitch him more on that, saying, look, you have such a unique relationship with your dad, and to write a father-son song where the theme is sometimes that's enough is great. Yeah. You know? Because it's, it's such a great thing, because I can relate to that. Where, you know, maybe it's not exactly perfect or what the ideal, uh, what the ideal idea of a father is, but, some, but sometimes that's enough. It's just, it's enough. It's, what, it's all I need. You yeah. know, it's like you take what you get, take what you can get. Yeah. yeah. I think this could be his next smash hit. Okay. I'm going to text yeah. him that. And then we. Sometimes that's enough. <laughs> I know you had it rough. Life can get real tough. But daddy, sometimes that's enough. There it is. <laughs> I mean, if there's there a better is. way to end a podcast than that. <laughs> a podcast named Daddy Issues? Uh, Just don't think it exists. That's right. Sometimes that's enough, Joe. Sometimes that's enough. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Listen to Daddy Issues on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Daddy Issues is a production of Cavalry Audio and iHeartMedia, produced by Margot Carmichael. Sound engineering and editing by Josh Windish. Executive produced by Joe Buck, Oliver Hudson, Dana Brunetti, and Keegan Rosenberger.